Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, as always, there's a whole lot going on. I guess we start with Merrick Garland, old shaky. Yeah, Attorney General Merrick Garland finally talked publicly about his department arresting his boss's top political opponent. That's the era of American history that we're in, where presidents just arrest political rivals. Uh, He was asked why he didn't prevent the charges from moving forward, which is something he could have done, but declined to do. Hmm. So, uh, as you know, I can't talk about the particular particulars of this or any other ongoing criminal matter. As I said when I pointed uh, Mr. Smith, I did so because it underscores the Justice Department's commitment to both independence and accountability. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> funny guy. He's a funny guy. Nothing um, more to see here. Yeah, he had more to say when he talked about uh, the prosecutors, and they're very talented. Yes. I thought that was an odd statement. Maybe I'm the only one. No. Are the, char- are the charges right or not? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, they're, they're talented. I guess so you should, what, believe that this is just? Uh, okay. The whole thing is so frustrating, I think, for most people. And I understand it's going to help Trump as far as polling goes. I get that. But there are so many people across the country that just want some form of sanity because they see exactly what's going on here. And that the Department of Justice is being used by the left to accomplish its goals. There are some people that just check out, I don't want to hear any more about it. There's nothing I can do about it. And you know... The one thing it does is prolong everything. Mm -hmm. It just goes on and on and on. And for those people that have followed the Biden family corruption story, even though legacy media has not covered it at all. No. It does seem like there's two forms of justice because there is. Well, there are two forms of justice. I mean, yes, make no mistake about that. I mean, I know this is the hundredth time that the walls have been closing in, that Trump's going to go to jail. I mean, this happens... With regularity now, I think it's so ho-hum. And I know you guys talked about it yesterday, but you have some legacy media outlets that won't put Trump on their air because they feel it's irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. Lost, lost, the former yeah. president and the current leader of the Republican Party in the primary. Yeah, and he... And, and it's too, too dangerous? Who are you kidding? Well, Just what, the 15% that watched that thing? The integrity of MSNBC was at stake. <laughs> and, you know, they, they don't lie to people ever. 
the thing is, especially with Rachel Maddow on oh, the air, yeah. we can't put this out there. Yeah. You bought into Russian collusion and pushed it for years. There was nothing there, you dope. Well, you preached about vaccines. Once you get it, you're safe. You're home free. What's wrong with you people? Where's the apology? She did that a thousand times. Sure. Yeah. It's not there. Eh, it wasn't a lie, though. And then Merrick Garland. Okay, I mean, it's just... I thought about uh, that question. Uh, uh, I just haven't thought about that question. I, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the president Strong has... Uh, it, it's, it's so frustrating for so many people. So we'll keep you updated on anything new on that throughout the day. Meanwhile, let's go to Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. Jeez. Certainly not a name checker, uh, box checker. <laughs> so uh, he's from the Department of Transportation, of course, heads that up, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Uh, he claims that Republicans are going all in on banning sex change operations for kids and protecting women's sports because they don't care about infrastructure. <laughs> you talk what? about grasping at straws. Oh, let's enjoy this. I haven't heard this. Oh, this. So where does that put us? And by the way, why does it happen? I think it's happening because there are some people who find it easier to pick on really vulnerable young people. Then to explain why they voted no on money for roads and bridges. <laughs> what? <laughs> but connect those dots. Holy cow. Okay. So your take, Mayor Pete, is that picking on these poor kids, all right, not trying to protect them from some life-altering either substance or surgery that will do irreversible damage not it's not that it's that you're just picking on them because you don't want to fund roads and bridges that's right who believes that is there anybody dumb enough in the country i suppose there is to actually believe that oh sure gosh. that's why he says it okay. i mean but i couldn't understand i, I mean again connect the dots i uh, I Roads and bridges and like, gender-affirming care. Uh, <laughs> it's like they, they, they want to celebrate the Golden Knights' victory in the NHL because they don't want to talk about the 85 Bears. <laughs> right. <laughs> One thing has nothing to, do, nothing with to do with the other. Right. By the way, speaking of the Las Vegas hockey team, so they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, they did. You know who's not happy right now? Oh, I read this. I, I didn't even know. I wasn't even aware that there was such a thing until I read this. Well, that's because you're a bigot, Scott. Oh, I know, right. Yeah. You should have known that yeah. the Las Vegas Aces, the WNBA team, won the championship in 2022. Because if you haven't heard this story, um, that team not happy with Biden after his congratulatory tweet to the NHL's Vegas Golden Knights. Because in the tweet, he said it was the first major professional franchise in such a proud American city. Talking about Vegas. Yeah, to win a championship, right? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know what the WNBA Las Vegas Aces said? Mm. Hey, what about us? And honestly, I am rather surprised by this part of the story. They were not invited to the White House. I am too, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Other WNBA teams have been invited, they just not think about it. They're like the rest of the country. They never think about the <laughs> WNBA. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they just forgot about it. Hmm. I mean, to me, I'll, I'll defend the Aces. I, I mean, they, they are a professional sports franchise, and they did actually win a championship last year, and Joe Biden kind of glossed over that because he hates women. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I might push back on what you said there, David, because they did win. 
But that what Biden in the tweet said, it was the first major professional franchise. Mm-hmm. Do they qualify as a major professional franchise when you have that little of viewership? I mean, I know it's the WNBA. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what what major professional franchise right. means. That's kind of a subjective thing, isn't it? It is, isn't yeah. it? But yeah, I get I get totally where you're coming from. And then the two-time WNBA MVP, Aces Star. You know who it is, Scott. I have no idea. You don't know who the two-time MVP of the WNBA is? Brittany Griner. No. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's the only one I know. I don't know anybody else. Well, you know who she is, David. No, No. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I didn't either. Who is it? Tell me who it is. I don't even know if I can pronounce her name right. Oh, she's got one of those names. Okay. It's A apostrophe J-A. Aja? That's how I'd say it, yeah. Okay, Aja Wilson. And apparently she couldn't quote tweet what Biden had said, so she just put out her own tweet that said, Twitter not letting me quote tweet POTUS tweet, but BFFR, when is our White House visit? Not only, hey, we won. You know, the hockey team's not the first mm-hmm. big team from Vegas to win. So... You know, that goes along with the rest of the controversy right now with the White House and women's basketball. Because remember the LSU Lady Tigers? They won. And then Jill Biden said, we want we want to invite Iowa, too, because it was such a good game. Yeah, because she's racist, and she was afraid that the players from LSU would steal the silverware. <laughs> you know, that part of the story I didn't hear. <laughs> Other people were taking on the narrative. Yeah, because some of the players on Iowa were white. That's why she wanted them there. Mm-hmm. If only the Las Vegas Aces would have had a six foot eight guy as a power forward, then they would have been invited. Maybe. We just don't know. Yeah. But it, of course, it's insane everything well, that's I going mean, on out there with the trans stuff. By, by the way. You know, Joe Biden, he, he's he's a little bit busy these days. Apparently, we are building trains that can go across the Indian Ocean. Is this breaking news? This is breaking news. Over the Indian Ocean yeah, or on, under the on Indian the, Ocean? Across the Indian across Ocean. It. Yeah. Holy smoke! This is Joe Biden talking about infrastructure. Well, we're going to win and we're going to help. We have plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean. Well, we're going to win and we're going to help. We have plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean. We have plans to build in, 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 in Angola, one of the largest solar plants in the world. I can what? go on, but I'm not. I'm going off script. I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah, right. Aqua trains. My favorite, I don't know. My favorite response to that on Twitter was somebody piped in and said, I'm sorry, it's called the Guardian Ocean now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. A little reference to the Cleveland team. Yes. yes. So no one knows exactly what's going on with this. No. And he's not supposed to say it, so he goes off script. Yeah. Okay, we got to keep a close eye on that one, because that seems like a whole lot of fun and a whole lot of gibberish. Can you imagine a train? That, I mean, that would cover the the The, the entirety the of the Indian to, Ocean? Yeah, yeah, the Indian Ocean. What the hell? Yes. What is going on? Here? Supply chain, green energy. <laughs> uh, okay, dude, whatever you say. Um, yeah, there's a lot to get to. Did you see the story? Remember Starbucks? They had the big controversy because there were a couple of black guys who were just sitting there, and then they called the cops on them. Right. And there was someone. Well, jury has found that Starbucks fired a woman for being white. Oh, my. And they're going to have to give her a lot of money. Great story straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. This is quite the case.
Yeah, it is. And uh, a victory for sanity. Remember a few years ago, uh, there was a Starbucks in Philadelphia where a couple of dudes who happened to be black were loitering in a store. They said they were waiting for a business partner or something to come in. And someone at the store called the cops and said, hey, they're not buying anything. We'd like them to be removed. The gentlemen were removed. And then we had another national conversation about racism at Starbucks. Starbucks shut down for a day mm-hmm. uh, to do uh, uh, racial sensitivity training and things. It seems like you could just sort of send out a memo. But anyway, they uh, and, and as part of this effort to, uh, I guess, publicly atone for this, they fired a regional manager who was not there at the time and did not actually take part in any of this they fired her but she failed to provide leadership to the people that were there that did call the cops yeah wasn't that the word that's that's what they said um and so then uh the regional manager again uh this is a uh what what's her first name shannon phillips yeah yeah she was fired uh while the manager of the actual shop where this happened who was black kept his job so Phillips sued Starbucks in 2019, and this case has been going around and around and around. And, uh, well, a jury has found that, yes, in fact, uh, she was discriminated against because she was white. Correct. That you were fired because you were white. The black guy kept his job because he was black, and Starbucks didn't want to deal with the headache of firing the guy who was actually managing <laughs> that particular Starbucks. And so yes. they're, they've been ordered to pay $25.5 million dollars. To this lady. She's not going to have to work anymore. Uh, no. No. And it was all the virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. That's what it came down to. The, the whole thing, man. Because she started saying, hey, they, they want us to punish white employees to show the public that they're handling the situation. Even if they had nothing to do with the story. She said one of her su- uh, superiors, a black woman, ordered her to suspend... Benjamin Trenzi, who was a white manager, because of racial discrimination allegations against him. This was part of this thing. It's interesting. Claiming he paid ethnic minorities less than white employees. Uh, Phillips, the lady that won the case, said that this person, Trenzi, was not racist and did not have a say in employees' wages. But still... Phillips followed the directive because she's trying to follow right. boss's orders and suspended Trenzi. But then two days later, she was fired. It's just crazy. Yeah, and uh, by the way, an interesting detail in all of this is that the manager, the, the black manager of the local uh, Starbucks where this happened, actually testified that, yeah, I'm pretty sure I kept my job because I'm black, and he lost, or she lost her job because she was white. He <laughs> right. supported her. Yes. Yeah, that's wild. It's like man. unprecedented stuff, right? Yeah. You know, I've heard uh, different white guys uh, make this statement. <laughs> Most don't want to ever make it in public because of the backlash that would happen. Um, but I've heard people do it, and a few podcasters do it, talk about, hey, when I was in corporate America, you know, it was a total disadvantage being a white guy. Because you would get passed over for promotions. Because if it was based on merit, numbers, whatever it is, you're talking sales, they would have been promoted. But it wasn't going to happen because of, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion. Right. Quotas and all that stuff. 
And, you know, it doesn't get talked about very much because you know how that would go over with the way the public sees it, especially left media and the way that would be covered. Mm. Oh, we're supposed to feel sorry for the patriarchy and white supremacy. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that certainly happens too. But I'm certainly glad that this woman won this case because that was absolutely ridiculous because there was no other reason to fire her. Right. Everything else they accused her of wasn't true. Anyway, happy to see this. Okay, closest two wins. We do this often. Oh, boy. All right. Father's Day's coming up on Sunday. Mm -hmm. All right. So dads in the United States with kids under 18, what percentage of those dads are employed? Can you get kids 18 or under? What percentage of those dads are employed? Oh, my. Oh, man. Um, Employed. They live at home with the kids, too? They're involved in the kids' lives? That's the question. I've already told you everything. Okay. Employed. Oh, geez. Okay, so I'll say um, to go with absenteeism, I'll go down to 70%. 70% for days. 70% are employed. Yes. I'm only going to say 62%. 94%. Wow, that's great. Isn't I mean, that refreshing? That know? is good. Yeah. Man, I thought you were going the other way on me. I really did. I know. Wow. I'm surprised at that. Good for, well, good. That's according to the Bureau of Labor Stats. I mean, you don't get anything for doing the right thing. I mean, <laughs> a boy, but I mean, the expectation is that's what you should do. Well, you are hearing more and more, and I, this is true, too. There are plenty of able-bodied men that are able to work. They just don't. Yeah, I know. It, it's getting to, like, crisis levels. But for those that do have kids, at least according to this, 94% of dads are working. And so, you know, I don't know if I agree with uh, Wallet Hub when they rank the best and worst states for working dads. I mean, it's interesting that they do it. They take, you know, all sorts of different factors, including like the average workday and commute and then childcare costs, school quality men's overall health, all that together, and then say, here are the best states for working dads. And, you know, like the top three, Massachusetts, the District of Columbia, it's not a state, Connecticut, and Minnesota. And in the bottom, Idaho, Oklahoma, Alaska. See that sort of stuff? Okay, the best states for working dads. Okay. But the fact that 94% of dads with kids under 18 are employed, I thought, okay, that's... Something good to bring Mm -hmm. up. Okay, um, how does Ron DeSantis deal with Gavin Newsom? He's got a great line straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Did you see this? New York Post. They had uh, John Kelly. Remember, he was uh, Trump's chief of staff there for a little while. Yeah. They didn't like each other very much. No, they, they didn't. They butted heads a few times. Yeah. Yes. He says that Trump is scared bleepless over these federal charges. <laughs> Did you see it? Now, no, the no. New York Post, you know, they're not fans of Trump. Well, how, when, how does this guy know that? He's got sources inside. Of course he does. Yes. Um, are you saying that this ex-Marine is lying, Scott? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I like the way you, you, you gave me that question, yeah. Framed it very nicely. Ex-Marine. You mean you're calling out an ex-marine? I'm just asking. You're saying I don't. I don't. You know what? I don't know who to believe <laughs> in this camp. I mean, Trump can't trust anyone. No question about that. 
And they all need to stay in the headlines somehow. They all need that. So who knows whether he's... I can't believe the guy would be... He's a Marine general, by the way. Okay, I'm sorry. It's no shot at the Marine Corps. You wouldn't be the first one to say, yeah, I don't believe him. No, I don't believe it, no. Okay. I don't believe it. Do you believe it, David? I think he probably is pretty worried. Yeah, there's a difference between that and scared blankless. Yeah. Yeah. What is the difference, actually, Scott? Well, I think the difference is it, it scared blankless is like you can't concentrate, you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything. You're just yeah. You're in this constant state of fear. That to me is that what's that's what that is. That's yeah, true. I mean, you saw him after being arrested for the second time. Yeah, uh, going it's like and, he's at a Stones after party. Yeah, he's he's just hanging out at this Cuban yeah. restaurant in Little Havana, just you know, uh, shaking hands, Yucking taking selfies up. with yeah. people. Does does look pretty unperturbed by it. I mean, I think this guy can compartmentalize like nobody's business, too. I think he has the absolute ability to do that. You know what Kelly said? What's that? That's how Trump deals and copes with dire legal circumstances. Goes out and gets the ad- adulation of people. Yeah, feels good and, about it. A little shot of adrenaline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I, who knows, man? Nobody really knows. No. Said he gives people the appearance he doesn't care by doing this, going out. And then he went on to say, for the first time in his life, it looks like he's being held accountable. Until this point in his life, it's like, I'm not going to pay you. Take me to court. He's never been held accountable before. Interesting. Okay. I think when it comes down to it, do you know who to believe? No. No. You really don't. Meanwhile, um, Trump's closest competitor as far as the Republicans, Ron DeSantis. And he's way back, by the way. Mm Um. Has taken shots from Gavin Newsom, yeah, the governor of California, which is really funny. Uh, yeah, California Governor Gavin Newsom has been trying to attack the state of Florida and Governor DeSantis, which is odd considering that for the first time California actually lost residents, and it happened on his watch. I mean, there, there's a reason why people have been fleeing California, and it's not just Gavin Newsom, but he is the top executive in the state. Oh, you know what? And it's just scratching the surface. We'll get into it a little bit later. There are a lot of parents getting ready to bail. Yeah. Uh, Now, Ron DeSantis finally responded to him, and I thought this was a pretty good takedown. Okay. Well, he has a real serious fixation on the state of Florida. I mean, I think it's just bizarre that he does that. But what I would tell what I would tell him is, you know what? Stop pussyfooting around. Are are, are you going to? Are you going to throw your hat in the ring and challenge uh, Joe? Are you going to get in and do it, or are you just going to sit on the sidelines and chirp? So why don't you throw your hat in the ring, and then we'll go ahead and, and talk about what, what's happening. Come on, little man. He accomplished a couple things there. Uh, yeah. Addresses it, and then shows, hey, I can brawl too. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Because you knew what he meant hey, when he said, pussyfooting around. Yeah. yeah, he just added another word. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I suppose if you're looking to take a shot at DeSantis, you could say, well, you waited until, like, the end of May, dude, to say you were going to oh, run. Oh, right. Yeah. At the same time, though, Gavin Newsom. I mean, it's only going to be if the powers that be tell him it's time to run, yeah. isn't it? Isn't that his whole oh, deal? I, He's and, like the Ron Burgundy of politicians. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think that, that – that's another one of those guys, and I've mentioned this before – based on little isolated news clips that I'd seen of the guy, 
I thought, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, maybe he would be. I mean, he he's like straight out of central casting. He yes. looks the part and all yeah. that, can can deliver a decent speech. So, yeah, I can see why Democrats would maybe want him to be the face of the party. Then you see him actually on any sort of trail, uh, interacting with people on the fly. This guy crumbles. I mean, he is basically just a better-looking, wealthier version of Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. That's brutal, too. And it's so true. I agree. Yeah. Uh, man, sobering story. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, I think it's good that people are aware. It was a piece from The Spectator from Mary Wakefield. Why today's teenagers are so unhappy. And cut to the chase and tell you, a lot of it has to do with smartphones and social media. That's a lot of it. Not all of it, but a lot. And in the piece, uh, she quotes Dr. Jean Twinge, who is a psychologist at the University of Chicago, studies generational changes. And she said, yeah, we're right to worry. Almost 30% of American girls have clinical depression, and it's, you know, not getting any better. The suicide rate for 10 to 24-year-olds has tripled. Golly. That's, dude. She said, let that sink in. Imagine if nine airline flights filled with 10 to 24-year-olds crashed every single year, killing everyone on board. Airplanes would not be allowed to fly again until we figured out why. Yeah. It's a pretty good point. By the way, this doctor doesn't allow smartphones with her kids. And the oldest is 16 because of everything she said. At all? No. Wow. No. Um, and so then, as you know, the question comes, well, don't they feel like they can't communicate? Like they're left out? And, but no. So my daughters are 16, 13, and 11. Um, maybe it's not a smartphone. Maybe she's just not on social media. But when asked, does it make her daughter lonely or left out? Said she has no trouble communicating with her friends. So this is, you know, the social media is unhealthy. It's like junk food, and that's what she's taught her kids. Yeah. Said I, And I think that's a decent analogy. My 16-year-old and I have had many conversations about this, and she has come to see it's just a waste of time and doesn't seem to need it. She texts with her friends and calls them, and that's how they communicate. Yeah. Now, you could probably say it helps when you're a doctor, <laughs> a psychologist at the University of Chicago, to say, hey, I've seen all this stuff. Um, but I know other parents that have done that. It's not an easy fight. Oh, there's just so much stuff. I mean, if you were yeah. one of these kids that was left out of something or you had a boyfriend-girlfriend situation in school early on mm-hmm. and they started dating somebody else, it's one thing when they start that. It's hurtful enough or when you're not invited to a party. But when you see pictures of your buddies, guys you know, having a great time at the party you weren't invited to or a guy with the girl you were just dating. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is all the more reason I mean, psychologically, to psychologically, right, exactly. Yeah. That's my point. It's like, I can't even imagine what that's like today. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine it. Yeah. It'd be very, very difficult. No, no doubt about it. All right. We got to get to it's that time of the show. Not the biggest story out there, maybe, but it caught your attention. David, today, what's your story? Well, uh, there is a town in Michigan that just voted to ban pride flags from being displayed on public property. Uh-oh. And uh, the reason why you probably haven't heard about this a lot in mainstream media is because it's the only city that has a majority Muslim population. This is the city of uh, Hamtramck, uh, Michigan, outside of Detroit. 
It is the only Muslim-majority town in the United States, and the community was cheering when they decided to uh, block this or, or just say, no, you can't have the pride stuff out on public property. But I love the way that they tried to still appeal to the woke crowd because okay. they said what this really is about is preventing neo-Nazis from putting swastikas up on pu public property. <laughs> That's when they said, well, if we allow this, then we got to allow that, instead of actually just saying, hey, by the way, we take our faith seriously, and uh -huh. uh, we're allies of the gay community. We just don't want your flag on public property. <laughs> got it. This has been predicted for years. I know. At least we predicted this yeah. for years. It, it's not going to be the first time this happens either. That's hilarious. Golly. Well, again, look at other countries that are Muslim countries and the penalty for just being, oh, quote, yeah. gay. And you've got the LGBTQ plus, you know, group in our country talking about wanting to protect kids as oppression. They're coming for us. You want to spend some time in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> right. Are you kidding me? All right, Scott, what's your story? Uh, Texas Christian University, David. You're familiar with TCU, correct? Mm -hmm. They're offering a course for the 2023-24 school year that instructs students to develop their own drag queen personas. The queer art of drag will be taught by Dr. Nino Testa, also known by his drag persona, Maria Von Klapp. Hmm. According to the course syllabus obtained by Campus Reform, the course requires students to create a drag persona, which is done through a drag vision board, a bibliography, a worksheet, an in-class lip-sync performance, a storyboard, and then again, the final performance. Now, this seems strange for a place called Texas Christian University. Maybe just a little. Yeah, so I don't know what the higher ed goals exactly are going to be served by doing this. I mean, I used to joke about basket weaving classes in, in mm. colleges. Maybe this is where all their athletes will go to obtain, right. <laughs> you know, a higher GPA. I don't know. It's actually going to kill two birds with one stone. You, you, you goose your GPA a little bit, and it serves as a perfect way to legally haze freshmen. <laughs> going to get him to dress See? up like a drag queen. Right. <laughs> Look on the sunny side. There you go. Thank you, David. Yes, Scott, you just mentioned a few minutes ago about a bad breakup, and then you see, like, pictures on social yeah. media. It can be painful. Um, I'm not trying to bring pain to the show by bringing this up. Um, well, it's fan camp sex, Demi Lovato, back in the news. Oh! Oh, that's her terrible song about Trump, Commander-in-Chief. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got sent this story by, like, three of our listeners. Really? And it was for David. Yeah, I happened to see it. Everybody um, wanted Van Camp to make sure he saw it. Sorry, man. Um, she's tired of using they, them pronouns. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because if we're to follow this particular story arc, um, she was straight, but then there was substance abuse, and then it was rehab, and then um, I think for a little while she found faith, but then she wasn't sure, and then was going to get married, and then decided, no, she likes women. But she's not quite sure, so she was non-binary? Yeah, non-binary for a while. And then I I think she sort of dropped that a little bit and then started an alien hunter show with her sister. And then was dating a dude again, musician, yeah. white rapper. 
Uh, and as far as I know, they're still together. But now um, she's identifying herself with she, her pronouns again, mm-hmm. in addition to they, them. And she said, you know what this whole thing has been for her? Hmm. Exhausting. Yeah. She is how it is tired us. of trying to explain it to people. Yeah. She said it was just exhausting. But for that very reason, I know that this is important to continue, continue to spread the word. I face this every day. For example, in public toilets, having to access the women's bathroom, you know, even though I don't completely identify with it. Yeah. Or it happens when filling out forms, such as government documents. You only have two options, male and female. Mm-hmm. I feel like none of those make sense to me. And she's... But she's so exhausted just trying yeah. to explain they, them. How often is Demi Lovato filling out government documents, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> like, is it every day she's up there, right. like, male, female? I don't know. I, no, this is, I don't <laughs> want to uh, well, offend anybody, but I'm pretty much liking dudes again. I've yeah. gotten away from that confusion. Mm-hmm. But I still want the social cred that comes with being a part of the Rainbow Mafia. Mm-hmm. So I think this is how you do it. But now it's actually going back to the she/her. Now I I don't I don't no she/her along with along they with them. they them. But but that's really me. exhausting. Listen, I'm telling you, man, because years ago, remember as we've talked about, she was my hall pass, if you will, with yes. my wife. We had agreed upon this. Yes. And then after all of this gender confusion nonsense, I had to cut her off. Demi Lovato and you I did. were done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now she's going back, at least dipping her toe in the water of the she, her thing, pronouns. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ever tell me that boycotts don't work. Okay? <laughs> They're working. My boycott of Demi Lovato is working. One person at a time. That's all we can do. Right. And you've done your part, David. I have. And a thank you is in order. So thank you, sir. David, take me back. Next single. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kids have revolted against the Pride Parade. And Pride Day, have you heard this? We'll get to that much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So kids, we're revolting against Pride Day. Where's this? Yeah, this is in Burlington, Massachusetts. Middle schoolers at a school there, Marshall Simons Middle School, to be precise, organized an event to counter the school's mandatory Pride Day. And while they're being called homophobes by adults... Of course. Uh, This happened again at Marshall Simons Middle School, uh, where kids apparently decided to wear red, white, and blue. And then some of them tore down some of the pride posters and threw stickers on the ground. Didn't really need to go that far, but I can understand if you want to protest it. Yeah. Uh, Groups of students, news reports said, were heard chanting, USA are my pronouns. Pretty funny. Um, (laughs) And students, I love this, glared in intimidatingly at faculty members showing pride they were glaring <laughs> at the adults oh gosh no you mean the adults who made them walk through like rainbow confetti as they right. walked into school right somebody gives it like that. Them. they don't want it yeah it doesn't belong in school well, how many was, adults said they didn't feel safe yeah that was that was hateful according to some parent uh to some parents and school district officials here's a roundup of some of the comments that oh, have been good. made Okay. These displays of intolerance and homophobia are unacceptable. This type of intolerant rhetoric starts in the home. It was an yeah. unruly disruption, in fact, that was organized ahead of time. The issue of pride in schools is very controversial. I understand that. I think we need to start at a place of commonality. 
There is no place of commonality. I'm just going to say, what is that? What is that? I, mean, I thought you people were all about keeping religion out of school. It's a religion. I see you're celebrating today. I see your rainbow hat, Scott. Do I have a rainbow hat on today? You, you do. do. It's a Miami Marlins hat. It's got the rainbow colors, and I know okay, why. Okay, listen. <laughs> this I... is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Uh, Trump, of course, indicted. Merrick Garland says, my role's been consistent. Yeah, uh, he's finally talked public about his department arresting his boss's top political opponent. Uh, He was asked what his role specifically was in the decision to arrest Donald Trump. Okay. My role is completely consistent with the regulations that set forth the responsibilities of the attorney general under the special uh, counsel regulations, and I followed uh, those regulations. And what does that okay. mean? <laughs> he ordered the code red. Yeah. Yes. But he doesn't want anyone to really know that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Biden, he's just he, he's just letting everyone do their jobs. He's got nothing to do with any of this. Oh, right. Yes. Just like he has nothing to do with his son's investigation. Oh, no, not at all. Or investigations into the Biden family corruption scheme. Mm-hmm. None of it. And still, we don't have legacy media following that story at all. No. Okay. Every time I hear that guy, and I can't even remember what question he was asked, but he's always, you know, off script, so shaky. Uh, just not quite sure. And, uh, and uh, a question of allocation of resources. Um, um, we will, uh, uh, the department uh, will. Uh, Spit it out. Uh, um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I. Yeah. It's just so typical. How do you know when he's lying? Boy, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I assume that the answer would be yes. I guess, whatever. You know, just off off just a little bit here, you talk about the Biden crime family. Whatever happened to Biden's brother? He's part of it. But he was in on all this. Yes. Has yeah, anybody even talked to him? No, he he was he's always been the family bag man. But I mean that's really what he what he does. You talk about Hunter, you talk about Joe. Nobody ever talks about mm-hmm. Jim Bob. Well <laughs> and you thought after after the word came out that you've got this guy saying, yeah, I've got recorded conversations. Yeah. How many of them? Like 15? 17 yes. total. 17 yeah. and two, including Joe? Yeah. yeah. From Ukraine, uh, Ukraine, from Burisma. A guy that we've paid $200,000 to because we thought he was a credible source. All of a sudden, well, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's credible or not. But it's not even covered by news. So you've got at least half the country. You have no idea what's going on there. It's it's maddening. It is very maddening. There's no doubt about it. So we'll see what happens with Trump. But this just, you know, goes on and on and on. And I don't even know if you know the date of this, David. Trump has legal issues in Georgia as well. That's still mm-hmm. coming up. Yeah, that actually looks like that'll be coming down fairly soon because evidently uh, law enforcement officials uh, had traveled to, I think it was New York, 
to talk to uh, law enforcement officials there about how they managed the crowds when Trump was arraigned in Manhattan. Okay. So that that's that's coming probably in the next month or so, and that has to do with so-called election interference and all that stuff. I mean, it's one after the other after the other. The big one to me, again, remains this federal indictment that just came down. That is the big one because that's the one that the federal government is going to uh, prosecute way more vigorously because they're not involved in the other two, uh, directly at least. And then also, I mean, with this one, if you want to create a narrative and create the story that, yeah, we asked all these times to have documents handed over and Trump moved boxes around and whatnot, I think they could probably prove their case. Hmm. And then what's going to happen if he's actually the nominee? And again, we'll be saying this is unprecedented. We've mm -hmm. never seen this before. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, we'll, be, we'll be doing a lot of rallies by Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> um, another story to get to is, you know, what we're looking at right now, and I think it's probably heightened by, quote, Pride Month, is children with the transgender movement, mm -hmm. puberty blockers, surgeries, um, a lot of what people would call indoctrination. I would be one of those people. So you're trying to figure out how and why is the medical industry so much behind this, saying, oh, no, this is gender-affirming care. This is the way we've got to go. When you have all this evidence that would suggest it's absolutely not the right way to go, because, again, and we've quoted this, I don't know how many times, but you already know it, over 80% easily of kids with gender dysphoria have grown out of it by 18. So why would you do this? It doesn't make any sense. And so you had the rep from Texas, Dan Crenshaw, asking the professor of medicine at Yale, Dr. Meredith McNamara, uh, what he gets to in this is basically to name a study that would back that this is the way to go with these kids. Now, I would say it's probably worth going. It's just under two minutes with the back and forth. This mm -hmm. is really good, though. Just, really good. Just to get your reaction. You've said that we've cherry-picked data. How do you mean by what, How do you mean that? So it is very unscientific and flawed to pick a single study or a single statistic and to discuss it in isolation um totally agree medical experts are able to talk about all of the evidence as a whole totally agree so okay that's established everyone agrees mm -hmm. yes it's good to look at systematic reviews right that's the gold standard of evidence when you're trying to understand whether something works or whether it doesn't so the british journal of medicine looked at 61 systematic reviews with the conclusion that, quote, there is great uncertainty about the effects of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries in young people. The Journal of Endocrine Society came up with the same conclusion, even the American Academy of Pediatrics. They all cite the lack of evidence. And so here's the thing. That's if you're three. doing a therapy, and it's, you know, temporary, whatever, it, fine, maybe let's try it. Let's see if it works. But when you're talking about permanent physiological changes, do you not agree, just from an ethical standpoint, that you might want extremely strong evidence of the benefits? That's a great point. Yeah. One that and now she's going to give him all those benefits, right? And there is no systematic uh, review that, that states that there is strong evidence of benefits. The answer is no. Sir, are you aware of how the quality evidence grading system works and how it's applied? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, we've read through it. That's why I'm citing these journals. So which journal says something <laughs> different? I'm, I'm, we should have that debate. Tell me a journal that has done systematic reviews that cites different evidence, that cites strong evidence for benefits of these therapies. You should be able to do that. I would think. Yeah. That's gender-affirming care. Yeah. That All across America, that's yeah. what we hear all the time from these people, right? Mm-hmm. Should be easy. The standards of care were developed based on extensive... You're not telling me any journal. You're not telling me any study. Don't that's say standards of I'd, care. Yeah. So... Um, Tell me one. The standards of care. That's the, the standards of care. That's, yes, that's, that's not care. a journal. That's not a study. <laughs> that's not an organization. That's not an institution. You're just saying words. Name one study. Can't do it. Holy smokes. Nope. Can't nope. do it. And, and, you know, when you talk about the, uh, whatever you want to call it, meta-analysis, or you're looking at all of the scientific data as it's available in countries that have really done this, uh, yeah. You see the UK, you see, is it Norway, Sweden? There's a couple of other European countries who have actually been tracking this stuff and have said, holy crap, we got to pump the brakes on this because there is no benefit to it. Yes. There is no harm reduction there. And honestly, my own feeling on that is not so much the research they've done, but fear of lawsuit. Mm-hmm. It's when the lawsuits started coming yeah. in that the 180 was done. And I don't want to get too cynical, but the gut is, no, they knew. They didn't care. It's part of the agenda. Yeah. And that's when people think you're wearing a tinfoil hat. That piece of audio is stunning. Name one. Can't. One. It's not out there. And you're advocating for it. And you can't come up with one study. That's right. That we can look at and go, well, there it says right there. Not one. Here's some good news. Out of the Wall Street Journal, title of the story, Red States Have Slowed the ESG Juggernaut. Laws against politicized investing may eventually force the hand of fund managers um, and blue states. So, yes, if you follow all this stuff when you're talking about ESG and then DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, all these things that maybe sound good to some people, Mm -hmm. but then in action don't make any sense. Well, you've had different states say, hey, we're not going to invest, you know, a state worker's 401k into these different groups where all of this ESG is flourishing. We're not going to do it anymore. And it's really having a good outcome. It's starting to slow it down. So that to me is good news right now. Because as it says in the story, the bills have varied in language. Eight states have explicitly named ESG when outlining their new investing restrictions. So like in Florida, Indiana, Kansas, they all prohibit invest to advance social, political, or ideological interests. Montana and West Virginia add the phrase or other similarly oriented considerations to their ESG restrictions. So that's one way to fight back is right in the pocketbook. Which is good. The Black Rocks of the world, the vanguards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So good news there. Um, David, you have a piece of audio. I haven't heard. I saw the title. It sounds like it's really going to be something. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of heavy stuff in the news. And I, I, was, I, was, I just stumbled across this during a random YouTube rabbit hole session. Oh, nice. And I thought it was really funny. And I thought maybe it would put a smile on Scott's face. And it is a particular song being performed by a guy squeezing a rubber chicken. God. 
That's the only sound? It's just him squeezing a rubber chicken? With a backing track, but the, the rubber chicken is doing the vocals. All right. Roll it. Oh, it's Queen. Oh, it's Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Touching. (laughs) See, that is funny. See, the internet can be a wonderful and stupid and funny place. Mission accomplished. It made (laughs) pretty good. Scott laugh. That is funny. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, there's going to be protesting in the streets. Making fun of Freddy during Pride Month. <laughs> God, I hadn't even thought of that, oh, but you're right. Wait. Yeah. Sure. Uh, the American Medical Association says BMI is racist? I can't wait to hear this story and much more. Coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, and the Rainbow Hat, Scott Robbins. Stop it. What? It's not a rainbow hat. It's the I... Miami Marlins logo. Okay. It, it is rainbow colored. There are some uh, rainbow flourishes to it, yes. I mean, I'm not trying to mislead with that. Well, you, I thought it was yeah, a pride Of course thing. you were trying to mislead okay, with maybe that. A little. What, what, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. A little fun, man. Nah, Come on. I know yeah. you didn't mean it no, that no, way, no. but people on the street. Uh, black shirt on, wore a black hat with uh, mm-hmm. the Miami Marlins today. Yeah, because you got the top button down, man. Yeah. Because In the hallways, it's like, Scott, good to see you're celebrating pride. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, nobody said that. You said that. What no time? one has said that. What time's the drag show, Scott? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, the American Medical Association says something is racist. What's racist? Yeah, body mass index, BMI. What? How? Which is a you know common uh, metric when gauging health. It's not perfect. A lot of uh, personal trainers, doctors, fitness experts will tell you it's not perfect uh, because it only takes a couple of factors into account, namely your height and your and your weight. Doesn't look at muscle mass. Doesn't look at a lot of other things. Right. So, but apparently it's racist, according to the American Medical Association. They are urging doctors to de-emphasize the use of BNI in assessing health and obesity, acknowledging that the measurement has been used for racist racist exclusion. And has caused historical harm. How? Uh, BMI cutoffs, they say, are based primarily on data collected from previous generations of non-Hispanic white populations and does not consider a person's gender or ethnicity. They, okay. they do, though, have different charts, I thought, for men and women. Like if you're a 36-year-old man, yeah. you're, the healthy BMI is going to be different than a 36-year-old woman. How are they going to do that with the whole trans thing? Dude, I, Ooh, that's I identify this way, but your bone structure's here. Well, <laughs> then BMI is also anti-trans. Yes, well, it is. Yes, well, reality is anti-trans. But of course. anyway, uh, they're saying, hey, we got to have a different policy on the treatment of obesity. And they also say that uh, your risk for diabetes, for example, in a white person at a certain BMI uh, is not the same as the risk of diabetes for a black person at the same BMI. So, you know, there there are different risk factors. But again, I'm just wondering what doctor out there is only looking at BMI when assessing health risks. I've not heard of that. I mean, this has been well documented for a long time. I can remember 
when the whole BMI thing, it seemed, was a, at its height, and people were pointing out Tiger Woods would be overweight. Right. Because he put on a bunch of muscle, muscle. mass. Yeah. But he was only six foot tall. Mm-hmm. But weighing 180 would make him overweight or something. Like, well, yeah, then this thing is stupid. But is it racist? Holy smokes. But, of course, we've got roads that are racist. That's we, I mean, true, yeah. What isn't racist That's anymore? true, yeah. Trying to figure that out. Hey, quick question, because this was a part of a survey. Just asking you straight up. Scott, we'll start with you. Mm-hmm. How much money would you need, total assets, to consider yourself to be rich? $1.5 million. One point five mil. Mm-hmm. I'm just pulling that out of my fanny. I have That's no fine. idea. Right. Okay, David, do you have a number? I'd probably say to consider myself rich, uh, probably say three million. The average, as far as Americans, two point two million is what they said. Hmm. Wow, it's a little higher than I would have guessed. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yes, so that would include cash, property, cars, everything. And that number's down from before the pandemic. In early 2020, Americans said 2.6 million would be the magic number. <laughs> We're rounding down now. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yes. Now, and this is everybody put together. So you got ages 21 to 75. By the way, who had an average net worth of $560,000 in assets? That's surveying a random thousand people. Mm-hmm. 48% said. They already feel wealthy, even if they're well below the $2.2 million mark. I can't help but think, you know, and we've talked about it in our family many times. You're scrapping or whatever. You know, you think about compared to the rest of the world, oh, we're yeah. doing pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. Always good to keep that sort of in yeah, perspective. Everything's perspective, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right. Biggest story of the day, David, outside of Scott's hat. Outside. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Enough already. Oh, I'm just messing with you, trying to keep it light, bro. There's a lot of heaviness out there. Uh, Biggest story of the day to me is the lack of a story that is the Hunter Biden, or I'm sorry, Joe Biden corruption uh, allegations. Apparently, nobody in mainstream media really cares all that much about this, even though, as we talked about yesterday, the deputy director of the FBI confirmed, yeah, this, this form, this allegation exists. Yes. And then sort of danced around it, but indicated that the reason he wasn't talking about it is because it was an ongoing investigation. That seems significant, man. Because that stopped news outlets from covering Trump during such things. Right. 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 All right. News update on that. Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Okay, this is crazy. Remember the day before what Democrats say was worse than 9-11 in Pearl Harbor, the riot at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. Remember the night before someone planted pipe bombs at the RNC and the DNC? Yes. And they're tracking down, like, you know, grandmas who are going through chemotherapy and whatnot and throwing them in prison. The feds are. But for some reason, can't figure out who did it. The guy's on video. They know exactly where he was. Uh, but some reason, can't seem to... <laughs> hard. It's hard to track that person down, apparently. There's cameras right. everywhere. Yeah. Well, now Thomas Massey, Republican representative, is saying that, uh, well, he's heard now from a former FBI official in charge of the January 6th investigation that phone data 
was corrupted phone data that could have tracked down where this person was and who this person was. <laughs> Something happened to that phone data. Uh, <laughs> Join me on this journey, if you will. He was on oh uh, Laura Ingram's show okay. last night on Fox News. Jim Jordan and I had a chance to, to interview the guy who was in charge of the D.C. field office, who was in charge of finding out who this pipe bomber was. And it turns out we're 900 days later. They don't have a suspect. And I think one of the, the biggest things that I learned in this interview with him was that the phone data was corrupted. I asked him, I said, mm -hmm. so, d you know, we saw on the video the suspect the night before who you think planted the bomb. We saw them use a phone a few times. W how did you use the phone data? And he said, basically, well, you're not going to believe this. He even used the word conspiracy theory. He didn't want to tell us because he thought it would fuel more conspiracy theories that they went to the phone providers. <laughs> And the data was corrupted. This he is like Epstein's camera was not working right in the cell, Keystone right? Keystone cops so, or something. Now, yeah. Well, they know exactly who did it. Right. That's what, I'm not alone in thinking that. Well, You're listening to this right now. You may be thinking the same thing. Well, yeah, they know. I mean, wasn't part of the deal that Kamala Harris was in the area of the DNC office? Like when yes. the, these pipe bombs might have gone off? Mm -hmm. You're not. This is. She was the vice president elect at the time. Forget about party affiliations. Like I, I'd, I'd like to know who was potentially trying to take out the vice president. Oh, but uh, just something happened with. Uh, That's weird. All the footage. It's yeah. just you know one of those things. No, dude, the lack of curiosity early on was a big tell. Pipe bombs at both headquarters. <laughs> But again, what was the narrative from most media? Insurrection. Yeah. I mean, that's that would have been a huge story on its own, but it wasn't followed up, and yeah. no one seemed to be all that curious. Because I remember at one point, and I can't remember now if it was two months later or three months out of the blue one day, I'm like, hey, whatever happened to those pipe bombs? <laughs> no idea. They're supposed to be an investigator. What happened? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, just one of those things. It's weird. They they tracked down a few years ago. Remember the the weirdo in Florida who had been sending non-functional bombs to like CNN and other places. I think I can't oh, remember yeah. who other officials. Maybe Barack Obama's house or something. They all got caught and they wouldn't mm -hmm. have gone off anyway. It turned out. Yes. The guy's name is Caesar Sayok. They found him pretty quickly. And it was a massive story. Right. The lead. <laughs> I mean, for days. You, you're telling me this person that's caught on camera mm -hmm. placing pipe bombs. Don't know, man. Nothing we can do about it. You know, footage is kind of grainy. Ah, yep. What do you know? Yeah, I mean, nobody can. Nobody ever, ever acknowledges the fact that Epps isn't in jail. Oh, with Ray Epps. The guy on record, on video. Yes. Telling people to storm the Capitol. We're going in there. Yeah, the you one have, guy. But you you've have got it, nothing happens to this guy. Why? Nobody's ever explained why. And you have the New York Times and CBS and 60 Minutes trying to play cover for it. Mm -hmm. I don't. But I don't understand. He's on video. Yes. Instructing people to do what everybody else went to prison for. Uh, but he. But he wasn't there. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. None of this makes any no. sense. You don't know who planted the pipe bombs. No. You, you don't know. No. You have no idea. Nope. To this day, don't know. That's Eps, what we, we don't know. He's yes. just a goofball. <laughs> okay. All right. Totally plausible. Do you really want to go to the Hillary story now? Jeez. That Robbins is at peak. <laughs>
it just, frustration. It's, but, dude, it is so frustrating. I know. You you can't tell me that you don't have a lead or know who this person is. They just Does did. he play for the right team? Is that the deal? Yes. Gosh, dang. You want to do the Hillary story yeah. later? You just pile on to no. you. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, actually, they, they have it on pretty good authority that it was not even a pipe bomb. They were actually crack pipes, and it was Hunter Biden. Oh, see. Planted in them, yeah. There you go. It was uh, an illegal gun. Yeah. Right. Uh, Hillary Clinton has weighed in on Donald Trump being indicted for the classified documents <laughs> oh, thing. And this is like, this takes uh. sociopathy to a different level. It's, it's actually kind of impressive in like a morbid way. Uh, she cannot believe that Republicans are defending this man right now. Okay. I mean, their efforts to defend this man are truly beyond anything that I ever thought possible in our country. I mean, it is so profoundly disturbing how this could have been the break. This could have been the opportunity to say, you know, uh, thank you so much for everything you've done for us. We really appreciate it, you know. But this is kind of uh, serious, and so we're not going to, you know, continue to defend you. But no, they're all in again. That's what the psychology of this is so hard for me to fully grasp. <sighs> Go ahead, Scott. It's all yours. No, I mean, are you clueless as to how many people just absolutely abhor you? Oh, no, she knows. I mean, they just abhor you. They, they, they hate you. And they know you're a bona fide liar. And you'll say anything that's politically expedient. You always do. There are things that she's seeing right now, Scott, that she never thought you she would see in her country. You were married to Bill freaking Clinton. You still are. What are you talking about? Maybe you could take that up in the next meeting of the Clinton Foundation. Oh, that doesn't exist anymore, does it? Do you want to go back down and relive a memory with Hillary? Oh, sure. It's always fun. I have had occasion in my life to defend marriage, to stand up for marriage, to believe in the hard work and challenge of marriage. What about gay marriage? So I take... Huh? umbrage at anyone who might suggest that those of us who worry about amending the Constitution are less committed to the sanctity of marriage or to the fundamental bedrock principle that it exists between a man and a woman going back into the mists of history as one of the founding foundational institutions of history and humanity and civilization Hmm. and that its primary principal role during those millennia has been the yes raising and socializing of children for the society into which they are to become adults you know what hearing that in retrospect that was 2004 Mm mm-hmm Actually, she got better as it, she went on, as far as a politician. Mm-hmm. Always a horrible person. Yeah, always. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, that wasn't exactly fluid there. No. But you got the idea. Yeah. I've made so this... I wonder if she ever looks at everything going on with the trans insanity right now and says, I never thought I'd see this in our country. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. No. She does Because whatever to help me politically yeah, right. is Hillary's You know, it, she really, when you look at it, is personally responsible for the rise of Donald Trump. If they would have had any candidate worth their salt running, they would have had a much better chance. 
Hillary Clinton is responsible. She's so bad at it, she's responsible. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, she is. Yeah. People want, I don't want, sure as hell don't yeah. want that. But she also yeah. knows how to get things done behind the scenes. So, oh, yeah. buddy. Uh, by the way, on a related note, did you hear about the time that Jeffrey Epstein tried to give her a high five? She no. left him hanging. Yeah! I don't know why I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> well done. <laughs> by the way, I do have a story about some trans insanity if you want it. And you know what it has to do with? Did you hear the one on Space Force? Space Force? <laughs> what? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's right. With Space Force. That's the unofficial theme right there. It's very unofficial. It's awesome. Though. One of our favorites. Back in the day, Trump was very excited about Space Force. Uh, Space Force, their Lieutenant General, Deanna Burt, um, has admitted during a recent Department of Defense Pride event that she would allow access to gender-affirming care to take priority over qualifications when assigning officers. Have you heard this? No. No. Oh, dude, check this out. Roll it. Transformational cultural change requires leadership from the top. And we do not have time to wait. Since January of this year, more than 400 anti-LGBTQ plus laws have been introduced at the state level. That number is rising and demonstrates a trend that could be dangerous for service members, their families, and the readiness of the force as a whole. So if you're trying to protect kids, they just call it anti-LGBTQ+. I was going to say, where do they come up with that number? 300. It's all those different laws that people are trying to protect kids and give parents their rights back. You're telling me that it somehow affects military readiness to not have a soldier's son chop his wean off? Here you go. When I look at potential candidates, say for squadron command, I strive to match the right person to the right job. I consider their job performance and relevant experience first. However, I also look at their personal circumstances and their family is also an important factor. Hmm. It's a good match for a job does not feel safe being themselves and performing at their highest potential at a given location or if their family could be denied critical health care due to the laws in that state, I am compelled to consider a different candidate and perhaps less qualified. I actually said that. Wow. So, so basically, if you're going to be positioned somewhere in Florida, for example, and you've got a kid who's confused about their gender, she would openly say, I'm not going to give you that post. Which is actually kind of an incredible self-own. Yeah. You're admitting to discriminating against LGBTQ families. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Certainly make that argument. Holy crap. Right there in the Space Force. Yep. Space Force. Space Force. Space Force. Space Force. Space Force. Do whatever you want. Space Force. I had. I'm sorry, David. I had to read that part, but go ahead. I'll just say this. Okay, with all, do whatever you want in your private life, whatever. All right, stay away from the kids. Yeah. And the new rule: stay the hell away from my space force. I'm sorry, man. Your space force has been tainted. Sorry, man. Terrible. You've been excited about it for a long time. I have. I know. Hey, do we have time right now? I have not heard this Canadian state TV <laughs> having a kid explain what 2SLBGTQQIPAA plus means. What is that? Did I get that right? <laughs> you got it right. That's, that, not, 
That's what? not a joke. That's actually what apparently the government of Canada calls it. Now, uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Company brought in a kid to explain what the 2SLBGTQQIPAA plus means. I can't wait. All right, roll it. 2SLGBTQQIPAA+. You know what each letter means? Don't worry. We'll break it down for you. This is Kane Explains 2SLGBTQQIPAA+. So, one, <laughs> in addition to me being very frustrated because I'm going to have to change my Wi-Fi router password. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. This, it stands for Two-Spirit, Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, Queer, Questioning, Intersex, Pansexual, Asexual, Allies. Plus. Uh, but we're not sure it ends there, so we got to put the plus. Yeah, you got to put there. the plus there. How many more are there? <laughs> I don't well, know. you don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's growing every month, it seems. But that's why you got the plus there in case you want to add some Z's, or maybe some P's. <laughs> it's an I chart now. <laughs> Do you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby. Okay. We got another news update and why ESG is the devil. Next. The Marshall Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I don't know if you happen to see this. Um, You know, you have ESG, and there's ratings that companies get. Like S&P Global gives uh, a score. Or how are you doing with ESG? Right? Yeah. So, well, you might be wondering, why is it that Philip Morris International, who makes Marlboro cigarettes, gets a score of 84 points? Pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's out of 100. And uh, Tesla only gets 37 points. I think I thought they would love Tesla. No. Electric cars and all? They don't. Mm. You know why? Why? Well... According to this story from the Washington Free Beacon, it's because uh, tobacco companies have gone woke. Companies like Altria have gone out of their way to emphasize the diversity of their corporate boards and the breadth of their social justice initiatives, from funding minority businesses to promoting transgender women in sports. But Tesla, whose executives are overwhelmingly white men, has resisted that bandwagon, going so far as to fire its top LGBT diversity officer last year. So they get dinged on that score. Mm-hmm. And the S in ESG typically includes diversity programs. Philip Morris International says in the story, which in 2021 advertised a partnership with African data scientists, got a social score of 84. Tesla got a measly 20. So commenting on this report, Elon Musk said, this is why ESG is the devil. Mm. Well, you know, it also helps tobacco companies' uh, ESG score. What's that? It's their fight against climate change. You kill a bunch of smokers, that's fewer people contributing to the uh, carbon emissions. Boy, you put it that way. Yeah. But aren't you releasing toxins into the atmosphere? Yeah, but the net benefit is uh, you don't uh, have more people, people. die. Yeah, you don't. I mean, that you are the carbon that they want to eliminate in the end. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And you know what? 
I always say picking up smoking cigarettes when I was young was one of the dumbest things. Oh, yeah. We've all quit now. Yeah. But don't you wish you had that one back? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Holy. This is the Markley Payne Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. A few things going on. You know what, man? I was just alerted to this. Michael Schellenberger, he ran for governor of California unsuccessfully, but very smart guy. He was one of Obama's guys when it came to the environment years ago and has been outspoken on several topics since. And for some people on the left, he was like a, a good lefty gone bad. Yeah. Because he's telling the truth. I don't know if you happen to hear about his Twitter thread yesterday. Mm -mm. Okay. The reason I bring this up is because oftentimes the frustration level, knowing there are so many people in America that don't know what's going on. That could be with Biden. It could be with a number of different things. And when we had the Twitter files and the likes of Matt Taibbi reporting on it, you could see how big tech and legacy media and the left are all in concert together to control what people know. Schellenberger yesterday tweeted out in February 2020 after a New York Post op-ed said COVID-19 came from a lab leak. Facebook censored the story. Why? Because independent fact checkers said it was false information. Not only was it true information, one of the fact checkers had worked at the lab. <laughs> okay, and his reason to bring that up is to say... You know, 37% of Americans get their news from Facebook. Mm -hmm. So that ends up being a big deal. Next week, 10 months later, Facebook and Twitter censored the New York Post for another accurate article, this time about Hunter Biden's laptop. As such, the New York Post, which reporters, you know, at the New York Times and the Washington Post sneer at for being a tabloid, got two of the biggest stories of 2020 right, while the Times and the Post which called the lab leak a racist and debunked conspiracy theory, got it horribly wrong. Yeah. True. Twitter and Facebook execs sided with the media that confirmed their partisan assumptions rather than allow the debate to occur. And Facebook continues its ideologically one-sided censorship today, censoring a reasonable debate over who blew up Nord Stream. Facebook censored me in 2020 after I accurately said natural disasters were getting better, not worse, resulting in fewer deaths and causing less economic damage when accounting for more wealth in harm's way than they had in the past. Because the climate change is another issue. Yeah, you're, you're not going to get fact checked. Yes. So then I'll just wrap it up with this tweet saying, here's the data showing declining disasters as a result of fewer deaths and declining costs from extreme weather events. The data is uncontroversial and uncontested, and yet Facebook continues to censor me for sharing this accurate information. So no, that's going on. Yeah. You know, th this reminds me of something that's been making the rounds again, just on the idea of what is considered disinformation, which really, when you hear the word disinformation from mainstream media, 
what they mean is information that runs counter to the prevailing liberal ideology. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what they mean by disinformation. You always have to keep that in mind and look at it through that lens. But it's an old clip of Anthony Fauci on Face the Nation. I think it was uh, January of last year. Okay. Where he's talking about the possibility that this came from a lab, that COVID came out of a lab. And this actually is a conspiracy theory that he forwarded, but will never be called out for it. Yeah, it was very likely a a host. What the Chinese did, I don't have firsthand knowledge of that, but the people who were reporting it, who investigated, what they did is they cleaned out the markets as soon as it turned out that it was clear that there were clusters coming from the market, which, you know, in typical fashion, I think trying to make sure that things don't get pointed to them, they probably got rid of the animals that were the intermediary hosts there. (laughs) Beijing acknowledges now that they don't think it originated in that market. Well, it may not have originated in the market, um, but it certainly could have. Animals that were not supposed to be brought in from the wild into the wet markets were there. And I think that's the reason why when this happened, I don't know, but I think why the Chinese just completely cleaned it out. I think that is one of the reasons why we're not able to find out what the original source was. I think they've destroyed some of the evidence. So the theory that he wanted you to believe, and a lot of people in this country believe, is that it's not possible that there was some sort of accident at this lab that was doing experiments on bat coronaviruses. With the Chinese military. Yeah, with the Chinese military looking (laughs) over their shoulder. Where scientists Mm -hmm. were the first ones documented to get the coronavirus. Scientists who worked in that lab were the first ones. No, 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 no. The more plausible and reasonable explanation, says Dr. Anthony Fauci, the science himself, is that the Chinese government killed the intermediary host or whatever, so that's why we can't find where in nature this occurred obviously that's what happened Gee. ignore everything else you've right. seen yeah believe that oh the last thing about that covid report from schellenberger he's he mentioned that five million people saw it on twitter and seven thousand shared it so just five people five not five million not five thousand five people shared our bombshell exclusive on facebook <laughs> because they're still censoring yeah unreal all right, let's move to California. Not literally, I'm saying to the story no, I know. about gender ideology and parents and what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, because you've got a Republican state senator saying parents are going to flee this state. This bill is advancing. And all of a sudden, if your kid says, you know what, I'm actually a boy when it's a girl and you don't affirm. You're going to take the kids. Golly. Yeah, the, so the California Senate Judiciary Committee just heard and passed Assembly Bill 957, written by Assemblywoman Lori Wilson, uh, in which a parent could lose custody for not affirming or agreeing to a child's claims about gender identity. And specifically what they're looking at is in the case of a divorced couple, mm-hmm. when you have shared cu- uh, custody, if there is any disagreement about shared custody, the court should always uh, default to the parent who is affirming of the gender identity. Unreal. Well, 
Unreal. I'll tell you what can of worms this thing opens up, playing one parent against the other. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a clip from Wilson the other day. Who was this clip with? Oh, th- this is uh, actually her explaining the bill. Oh, another clip from her. Yeah. All right, roll it. If you have a seven-year-old who's, who's yeah. talking about having a potential to say, I being able to articulate that they believe that they are not the same gender um, as they are biologically, then it should be affirmed. And through care, it should be determined. And that's what we did with our own child. And that would give the ability for a parent who... Why should it be? You can't name one study that would back it up. Who wasn't sure to affirm and get their child the care that they need to make that, so they can begin to articulate that determination. But by saying and rejecting it in wholesale, then you're essentially rejecting your child. And that is not in the best interest of a child. We should be affirming our children in every possible way. No, because they're children. And you are at the least an awful parent an awful person i just can't imagine when you look at research has a divorced dad your ex-wife girlfriend whatever saying to you this child of ours does not feel comfortable in the sex they're in they want a sex change operation it's already happened they're seven yep and you have no say so nope None whatsoever. No. By default, the one who goes, okay, that's the one that wins. Correct. Golly. Yeah. Okay, on that happy note, moving right. on. What, what, that's so. No, I can see a lot of parents saying, all right, we're out of here. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that also, kids play divorced parents against each other all the time. Oh, shoot. Constantly. Yeah. Who's going to give me more? Exactly. That's gone on for a long, long time. Yeah. Well, and what else will we have to affirm at some point in time or yeah. risk losing our children? Uh, let's see. Yeah, let's just pile on right now and get this story out of the way, too. I uh, saw this at the uh, Wall Street Journal uh, title of the piece. When AI overrules the nurse caring for you. Uh-oh. Oh, God. Oh, boy. <laughs> Artificial intelligence raises difficult questions about who makes the call in a health crisis, the human or the machine. Jeez. Yeah. So it tells the story of an oncology nurse, Melissa Beebe. Um, so, you know, I, I've been working with cancer patients for 15 years, so I know a septic patient when I see one. I knew this patient wasn't septic. Uh, but AI was saying, nope, septic. And so it depends on where you are. You may have to follow the AI's instructions, even though you know better as a human. Oh, God. <laughs> Freaking Dr. Hal. Yep. Wow. Now, I guess you could play the other side of this and say, okay, if you've ever been in a medical situation where someone made the wrong call, just human error, you could say, well, AI did good in this instance because they knew it. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. They go on in this story, and it's worth a read. It's a long read. I can't get into all of it. They are talking about the technology which can analyze massive amounts of data in a short amount of time, more than a human could do, they're making extraordinary advances in medicine. And that is from improving the diagnosis of heart conditions to predicting protein structures that could speed up, drug discovery to help people, all of that sort of stuff. But the warning is, yeah, there are times where it's a human 
in a hospital that has seen a whole lot and say, uh, in one case, the AI is telling them one thing, but the AI doesn't also take into consideration this person is all, also obese or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit spooky. Until your but. insurance company starts paying, not paying for humans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I have to the see your living, breathing people. Well, yeah. or if you're somewhat work. paranoid that, of, that right. the AI is going to get programmed to jack you up in the hospital. Yeah. Eh, not worth living. Then let's just off him quick. <laughs> <laughs> On a lighter note, I don't know if this is light or not, but this is something really interesting. We all talk about at some point in time, man, life's going by pretty fast. I was doing that with my kid's birthday. Like, I, where'd the time go? Yep. People do that all the time. Um, so there's a poll out asking, right now, would you say it feels like time in your life is passing quickly or slowly? Just 1% of people said their life is passing by very slowly. Yeah. 3% said fairly slowly. Most people do say, yeah, it's going by. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Pretty quick. Yeah. Not surprisingly, the few people who did say time was moving slower skew younger. But even then, it was a rare response. And... Well, when you get to like 60, 65, 0% of people said time is moving very slowly. Mm. I was thinking, even if you're in a nursing home, because sometimes it feels like that would move by really slow, yeah. but not so much. Really interesting. Wow. Yeah. So feel, enjoy it, man. Yeah, I feel bad for those that say it's moving slowly. It only moved slow when you were a kid. Seems to. Like Christmas seemed like 10 years between time, you know? Oh, yeah. And your birthday and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. That makes sense. All right, much to get to. Um, Oh, the Adderall shortage. Have you heard the latest on this? All right, we'll get to that in a news update next. All right, it's the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Been a lot of stories in the last few weeks about drug shortages. Then there was another uh, piece talking about America's love affair with Adderall. And what happened when we were forced to live without it? Because there's a shortage all over the place. Yeah, happened to talk to a doctor the other day that talked about it. That he has so many different patients asking for Adderall. Yeah, I'm almost sure I'm ADD. And he, you know, pretty much thinks, well, there are a lot of people that can get distracted. That doesn't necessarily mean you have ADD or ADHD. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this before, being diagnosed in, what, 2004, I think. Um, I still don't know if I believe it or not, to oh, be honest. I think you are. <laughs> You've said this many times. Yeah, I think you are. You call yeah. me mentally ill. Well, you're riddled with mental illness, but that's okay. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, yeah, you're taking drugs to counteract it. Yeah. Well, listen, I'll tell you this. It tells the story of this kid. All right, his name is James, Connecticut. He's a sophomore. Parents sent him to a psychiatrist because of problems at school. Struggling with assignments, couldn't keep things straight, all of that. Diagnosed, started Adderall, and next thing you know, well, and I, dude, I, I understand this. The kid said, taking Adderall made me realize I wasn't stupid. I started taking this medicine, and it was like, holy bleep, I actually understand everything. He was accepted to Columbia, kept up a daily routine, um, said he was go to lectures, and then he was on the row team, go to rowing practice. Um, now a rising senior majoring in environmental biology and still rowing, writes and records his own music as a musician as well. He's like, go, go, go. 
Then there's a shortage of Adderall. Can't get it. And apparently he is unraveling. Says, I no longer have the self-motivating chemicals to go outside. I definitely feel really down. And yeah, it's it's something because you become addicted to it. Mm. And that's happened with a lot of people. And then you had the pandemic where you had the prescriptions thrown out all over the place because of telehealth. And now you have the shortage. One of the manufacturing delays from Teva, says in the story, a major producer of amphetamine mixed salts that comprise the drug's main ingredients. Um, Part of this is regulated by the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration. And there's been these slowdowns, and it doesn't seem to make sense. You you have these drug companies, and the United States kind of fighting with one another, blaming the other for the shortage. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of people being left out, and it's all I would say is, and really be careful before you just start taking that stuff because it's addicting. They may tell you it's not. It is, 100%. And you speak from experience. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. You know, again, I'm tested for it. I'm at the time was in a job that was a ton of details and it was overwhelming and I could at least manage it once I was on it. You know what I mean? But you knew me for, I don't know, 10 years before I ever started taking it. Mm -hmm. I never had a problem before that particular gig. No. So I don't know if I buy into it or not. I just thought you were being rude. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. All right. Biggest story, though, of the day would be what, David? Uh, you know, there are a lot that are uh, still popping right now. Uh, of course, you've got the uh, new polling coming out between uh, Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden. Uh, we can go over some of the details of that. Oh, cool. right? it, Not a whole lot of changes. It, it just depends on what polls you're looking at, where I think whether it's any of those three men, well, I mean, on the Republican side, either DeSantis or Donald Trump, versus Biden, it's going to be a very, very close race. And, uh, I mean, that's something that I think Republicans ought to be really aggressive in getting a ballot harvesting scheme together. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, we'll get to that. And the Robbins trifecta next right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Oh, Joe Biden doing an event. At the fake White House, you know, the little soundstage across the street that they use. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, he's, he's talking about hidden junk fees again. They're wanting to do away with hidden junk fees that are provided by multiple platforms. Uh, you know, whether it's a buying your airline ticket, a ticket to the latest Taylor Swift show. Oh, whatever it is. Okay, I thought you were talking about some trans tuck outfit okay now i understand <laughs> no, that's junk junk binding yeah. uh, okay <laughs> junk fees are the added cost of fabric okay yeah. Got no it. no no. this is uh this has to do with buying tickets and whatnot um he very heroically tried to say Ticketmaster during this address i will say it was quite a battle um okay but you know he he, he moved on some of them have used this process for years to sell tickets, events like TikTok, Tick Pick, excuse me, Dice, and Newport Festival Foundation. <laughs> tick Pick what? <laughs> I know for Good a thing second there. You didn't there. put a D on that one. Yeah, D Pick. For, for a second there, I thought he was talking about Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah. 
<laughs> Again, the word is Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster. Like TikTok, Tick Pick, excuse me, Dice, and Newport Festival Foundation. Tick Pick Dice? Yes. Hmm. I don't know that one. I, I've never bought any tickets from them, I'll tell you that right now. Tick Pick Dice. But there is, so I think. Uh, uh, he so apparently he was trying to say Ticketmaster, and then there was also followed by that uh, a outlet called actually uh, Tick Pick that he was trying to get to. Got it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> God help us! Just holy smoke! Are they still saying it's a stutter? Have they given up on that one? <laughs> oh boy. Because that's what we were told for He's a long time. He's never heard of Ticketmaster in his life. He has no idea what Ticketmaster even is, what they do. He read what was in front of him. Mm-hmm. When was the last time Joe was buying tickets from Ticketmaster? Or TickPick. Or TickPick or Dicer. Where did the dice come in? Um, see, I think that's another. Cause I think Resale can, site or something? Yeah. It's like TikTok, TickPick, excuse me, Dice, and Newport Festival Foundation. I guess Dice is another platform. See, that I don't know. All right. And the Newport Festival Foundation, I'm Mm -hmm. not aware of that one either. Heck of a job, Joe. Good job. Hey, did you hear the update on Vanderbilt? They had the trans clinic for the kids. Yeah. At first, it was Matt Walsh at Daily Wire that reported the story. And then Vanderbilt, "Uh, not us. It's like, no, you have the videos out there. Remember, you were talking about, well, how much money you could make if you have a female transferring to a male and you got to build the, you know, tick pick or whatever. <laughs> and there was the audio of it. Um, and then the female to male bottom surgeries, these are huge money makers. Again, I think this has to be an underestimate that they're floating around $20,000 for a phalloplasty. There's been different things that I've read that said it could be up to $100,000. Um, Dr. Winokur, who's our surgeon, said that there's entire clinics where the entire clinic is supported just by their phalloplasties, and that is like a fraction of the surgeries that they're doing. Yeah, hmm. and then, and you have to keep going back again and again and again. Yeah, so you're sort of a client for life, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Well, in Tennessee, starting July 1st, that's going to be against the law. You're talking about the kids, and so Vanderbilt or Vanderbilt has ceased providing minors with the gender-affirming care. Local media was on that story. Daily Wire had it. And in an email, came out to different people, your current medication prescription is affected by the laws coming into effect regarding gender-affirming care. And we won't be able to fulfill uh, your request for medication prescribed for gender-affirming care after June 1st, 2023. So then a spokesperson for the facility confirmed the report saying pertaining to the gender affirming care at Vanderbilt University Medical Center we continue to fully comply with all federal and state laws and are carefully following the legal proceedings challenging the constitutionality of Tennessee's new law think about that man Mm -hmm. yeah you're fighting you know what seems to be these insurmountable odds of all these different mountains from the left, one guy. Kudos to Matt Walsh for being on that, his team. Yeah. And Daily Wire supporting him through it because he's been tried, you know, they've tried to cancel him several times. 
So it's pretty cool to see them have to shut that down. And think about what you would have thought of Vanderbilt University before this story ever came out. Held in high regard. Oh, sure. But once that came out, didn't you look at them different? Yeah. Yeah, I certainly did. I did. Well, like, really? Yeah, I did, too. And But I was also somewhat uh, grateful that someone admitted it on tape that what they were actually doing and they had the copy of it rather than lying about affirming and all this other nonsense the rest of them do and the astounding thing that was on the vanderbilt website it was yeah bragging about it yeah talking about it yeah unreal all right you ready for your big three of the day let's go all right roll it out here we go are you ready It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three of the day. Helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy, how are you? Good. All right. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Number three, climate activists are out there winning hearts and minds yet again, Scott. Golly. Two women. Detained in Stockholm the other day after they threw some kind of paint, it was red paint, at a painting by French artist Claude Monet. Then they glued themselves to the frame. Situation is urgent, they said. The pandemic was nothing compared to the climate challenge that's coming. Now, in my mind, when you do stuff like this, you could not, if you wanted to, single-handedly destroy the environmental movement quicker if you tried to. Maybe gluing your hands to the interstate is the next one. Oh, they they do that, yeah. I know they do. Oh, yeah. But they deface this classic artwork. It's a Monet. It's an original, you know? Yeah, so that's supposed to make people say, oh, I guess this yeah. climate yeah, change thing is really desperate. Yeah. Huh. I, I think what they need to do, honestly, is leave them there, turn off the lights, leave them there, and then throw a hacksaw on the ground. <laughs> yeah, you want to get out? Ah, you got to hack yourself. Remember uh, the Volkswagen Museum in Germany? They actually yes, did yeah. this. They glued themselves to the floor at this museum next to a production facility. And then the people who run the museum literally did just walk away. They turned the lights out on turned them. Turned the lights out. And then yeah. they were putting out social media posts about how nobody was giving them a bucket to pee or poop in. <laughs> Like, why? This is so inhumane. Hey, you're the Mensa member that glued yourself to the damn floor. Yeah. Yes. Dude. That... But how does anybody that's on that's, you know, sitting somewhere in the middle, not really knowing how they feel about it one way or another, or they feel one way and they want to train them to another, how does defacing a Claude Monet painting gonna do that? How will that achieve anything? <laughs> other than you narcissistic little jack wagons. I agree, man. And I gotta give it up. Van Camp for channeling Mad Max there with the hacksaw. Oh, I yeah. agree. That final scene, yeah. what was it? It's going to take you 10 minutes at least. Yeah. Hacksaw through that. You might be able to get through your ankle in five. <laughs> this thing's going to blow. Good luck to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, on with the countdown. <laughs> Scott Robbins trifecta. Top three of the day up to number two. Uh, you're telling me Joe and Jill Biden are having a contest? This is so weird. Yeah, uh, Joe Biden on the tweet Jill and I are excited to fly out one lucky grassroots supporter and a guest to meet at an event. If you chip in now, you could be our guest. And then they have a link. So you can throw some money at Joe, and then you're automatically entered into this contest where if you're the lucky winner, you get to have lunch with Joe and the doctor. Where? 
We I'm don't know. assuming they're going to fly out to D.C., but I don't know if they'll meet you or what the deal is. Okay. This is the United States of America, for God's yeah. sake. You have steak? <laughs> Going to Branson, Missouri at the United States of America. <laughs> yes. Yeah, now you got to have no. to donate money to a bunch of really freaking rich people so yeah. you can meet them. They're, they're what si- do they think they are, Darius Rucker? <laughs> they're, they're actually sending out uh, uh, cards, actually, as part of this. It's going to be a raffle, and they're actually scratch and sniff stickers. <laughs> if it smells like pudding, you win. That's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, shut up. Golly. It's the Scott Robbins trifecta, not Joe's. Okay. Now on, now on with the oh, countdown. Thank you, Casey. Thought you checked out. Up to number one. I think I know where this story's going. The headline is police were called out because of a dead body, but it wasn't a dead body. Oh, no. Yeah, authorities in Texas made a very strange discovery. This was uh, yesterday when they were called to a residence in Harris County after a body was discovered. Oh, my God! (laughs) So they went out, and they took a look. False call. Upon closer inspection, it was not a body at all. It was a silicone sex doll wearing a pink bra and pink panties. Oh, gosh. Wow. (laughs) And people freaked out. (laughs) So... Did you see this guy, this schlub, like, going through the woods, and all of a sudden, oh, my God. Well, somebody somebody just realized that his wife found his secret safe. (laughs) Got to dump this thing quick. (laughs) Or that's where it was performed. Oh, let's see. Okay, yeah. It was found in a wooded area, you know, so. Yeah, okay. Goodbye. Casey's out. He's had enough. See you, Casey. This guy, Robin's trifecta. (laughs) Appreciate it, as always. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, we got to get to another news update. And Nimrod's in the news. Coming up. The Marshley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Marshley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, news update, David Van Camp. I, I want to try to keep, you know, we're almost, the light is at the end of the tunnel. We're almost there. I want to try to make sure that we don't get fired. As oh, I'm going to try to control myself a little bit. But, um... What happened? Uh, the uh, CDC has published a report on uh, suicide rates for young people, and yeah, it's hit. Uh, it, it it has had increases like we haven't seen in decades, and this is something that we thought about in 2020. It started in 2020. Mm-hmm. The the noticeable shift really started in 2020. There had been a trend up anyway, but yeah, th- this is where it really kind of took off because of the isolation of lockdowns, taking kids out of their schools, out of their sports. And you brought that up in 2020, and you were a grandma killer. I'll never forgive you for <laughs> for for those who made those comments. Yeah. I will never yeah. forgive you for that. Um, but uh, the homicide rate also went up. We knew this. I mean, how many cities set records? For the number of of murders, I mean, you're looking at Portland, Austin, all over the place. Yes. Um, And the the AP, which writes a lot of copy that a lot of uh, news outlets publish, unquestioningly, um, ties that to the pandemic. That says it was the pandemic, the isolation, the economic insecurity that... Uh, is responsible for the noticeable uptick in homicides that started in about 2020. 
No. There was something else that was going on there, then. There was something else. St. George Floyd got killed in Minneapolis, and the left decided to defund the police and pull back. And before you leftist loons come in, well, actually, now police departments are being better funded, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But there were multiple police departments that actually were defunded initially. And, hey, idiot, these things don't just change back overnight. It takes time to recruit people, to train people, to bring people back into these cities that told police officers that they weren't welcome three years ago. Not only that, but you had different police forces told to stand down. Yeah. Stop putting people in jail. Don't chase them. And yet again. Yes. Yet again, the number one demographic, you're looking at teenage African-American males. I never want to hear the left talk about Black Lives Mattering ever again because you people have ushered in a level of death in the black community, especially among young African-Americans, the likes of which we have not seen in recent history. I was just telling, you know, we were having a conversation the other day. And I was talking about, can you name a group of people that have really taken any sort of advancement of blacks in America further back than white liberals? No. No, and, and, and then Marxist, communist, Black Lives Matter organization yeah. officials. You people are monsters. Oh, yeah. They're all doing well. Oh, of course they are. But not the people they claim to serve. Mao never missed a meal. Of course. By the way, wasn't there a Black Lives Matter leader somewhere yeah. that's in some trouble? Yeah, in Calgary, in Canada. Yeah, mm-hmm. facing hate crime charges because she was uh, harassing people outside of a Catholic church. Because she was mad about Roe v. Wade being overturned. Because <laughs> she's a lunatic, like all of these left-wing agitators are. Yes. Okay, David, you know what you need right now? What's that? Nimrod's Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. I think you need... I was okay. going to say sweet vengeance, but okay. <laughs> yes, that would be good, too, but... When the tomorrow is tough... Damn it, this is too hard! The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. If there's a theme today, it's guns and knives. Not roses. What do you want first? Guns and knives? Oh, let's go knives. All right, knives. A uh, 19-year-old dude in Florida arrested after he threatened two people with knives because they refused to give him a ride to GameStop. I want a ride! <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the gun stories, well, this <laughs> drunk dude in Canada claimed he complimented a woman on her perfume. And he's, he's telling, you know, the guy, hey, she responded by threatening me with a gun. No, oh, geez. She responded, Juliet has a gun, which is the name of the perfume. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Wasn't going first person. Did there. he request Aerosmith after that? No. And then a 60-year-old dude in Illinois, Mark DeCara, sleeping recently, that's what he says. And he was dreaming, and in the dream, someone was breaking into his house. So he grabbed his 357 Magnum, which is at his bedside, and shot at the intruder. Somehow, though, Mark shot himself in the leg. Oh, no. <laughs> Police were called. He was taken to the hospital, treated, released. He also had a revoked Floyd card. <laughs> He's in a lot more trouble now. And that's Nimrod's in the news.